Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round to recap for the Northern Trust and here to break down what was an unbelievable day of golf is Greg Ducharme. What up, Greg? What was unbelievable about it? Uh, Danny Lee jumped out to an early lead. <laughs> we had a Danny Lee watch early on Friday. It was unbelievable. I, I love to see it. And now, I mean, he's in, Danny Lee is now in tied fourth, and it seems that we have completely forgotten about him. I mean, what a day. This was, this was, a, a, what, do you, do you know the last time a 59 and a 60 were recorded in the same round? Uh, I, I'm not sure it's ever happened, but I was looking at the strokes gained numbers, and I, so basically, I don't have the final numbers, but Dustin, gained something like nine and a half strokes on the field today. Uh, and Scotty Scheffler gained a little over 10 and I could only find like one other instance of that. Or I think there was a couple where like two guys gained nine strokes on the field in the same round. They're all PGA championships because you get the PGA professionals there. All of them are the first or the second round of the PGA championship. So this is like, uh, I mean, these guys just lapped the field, obviously. And we'll, we'll talk more in depth about it, but that's, that's kind of the historical aspect of this. So I remember it happening once and maybe uh, there's a chance I'm missing something. I don't know what year this was. I got to look it up, but this uh, it's Paul Goidos. He shot 59 in the first round oh. of the John Deere and Steve Stricker shot 60 the same day. I yeah. remember that happening. I couldn't believe it. I said, I don't think this will happen again for a very long time. And yeah, I think you're right about that. Ago. Uh, yeah, it was, oh, I just, I just had all the sub 60 rounds up, but yes, uh, I believe you are right. There were that's the scoring that day was out of control. Uh, and then we had a 59 and a 60, if I remember correctly. Um, let's start with the most recent guys. I mean, so this, like this whole day, this whole Friday, because Scotty Scheffler goes out in the morning and shoots a 59 and Dustin Johnson goes out in the afternoon and shoots a 60, but he was on 59 watch. Like literally when Scotty tapped in, for his 59, we were like on 54 watch for DJ because he was already like five under through four holes or something crazy. So like this whole day was consumed for eight straight hours, Greg, of like, oh my gosh, we're going to have two sub 60 rounds. 59 watches are, are some of my favorite things to watch. They're, they're fascinating because you, you get to see offense. You get to see birdies. I love seeing guys make birdies, uh, especially when it's like it, it wasn't, so easy like it was that day at the John Deere where scoring was crazy low there there was a little bit of bounce in the greens you're seeing these guys hit great shots and and hole great putts and yeah there are some scoring holes but you know it, there's some some difficulty to the golf course at the same time and watching Dustin Johnson start off 11 under through 11 you this is a this is a video game right this is this is literally like a video game and to see someone shoot 27 on the front nine of any golf course 
It's unbelievable. And, and Scotty Scheffler gets almost nearly forgotten through the afternoon because of what DJ did. It, it was, it was unbelievable. I, I'm very good at golf video games. I don't think I've ever gone 11 under through 11. Like it's, it's unreal. I mean, he was, he was six under through four. He was nine under through eight and he was 11 under through 11 before he pars seven straight holes coming in. And you know, the, the, Temperature on Twitter was like, that was the most disappointing 60 I've ever seen in my entire life, which maybe disappointing is not the word. Anticlimactic might be a better word for it. But like, I think someone correctly said on the telecast, maybe it was Nick Faldo. Like if, if he started with seven pars and ended with this flurry of going 11 under in his last 11, we'd be losing our minds. Yeah, which is absolutely true. But uh, I, I understand the narrative on Twitter where this is one of the most disappointing 60s you've ever seen. And that's true for so many reasons. One, you don't see a lot of 60s. There, there's not a lot of opportunity to see a 60. There's also not a lot of opportunity to be disappointed in 60. <laughs> yeah. And when you're so far out in front, Dustin is, it, it, 59 is easy. It's it's like a guarantee he's going to shoot 59 with all the with the scoring holes that he has in front of him. Now, yes, the, the second nine is definitely the harder side, but DJ took it apart yesterday. And yesterday's round, he handled it great. He finished birdie eagle. We're thinking, oh, DJ's got, he's got 54 in the back. Who knows how low this could go, but yeah. you know it's going to beat 59 and you start seeing tweets come out like how, how is uh imagine what scotty shuffler is going to feel like when he shoots 59 and it's not the lowest score of the day and i, I had some great tweets teed up ready to go historical context i had the stats ready all i need you to do djs make one more birdie coming in i had them and, and now they will 18 there now now they will die in my draft folder uh so what do you think about the decision he made on 18 to lay up Okay, so it's it's obviously hard for us to know what the lie was, what the situation was. So he had 212 to the hole, according to Shot Tracker. He was down in that like little awkward. It's it's described as a native area on Shot Tracker. It's just kind of like a weird little area. So with and it's an awkward stance. I understand that he also wants to at least give himself a look at at 59 right i mean if you go long and left you you don't you don't have a chance at it so like i i get it it felt like dustin johnson who is one of the best i think in the world at always keeping the pedal down i thought he let up a little bit which is rare for any other guy i would have been like okay like he's playing to a wedge and he's going to give himself a look i just thought that was very anti dj to do that i understand what you're saying i mean you're talking about what, what are you hitting? Two hundred yard shots, basically. Yeah. Uh, into that, it, DJ with from two hundred and I thought, uh, yeah, two hundred and twelve yards to a back hole location. I mean, you're talking about probably an eight iron to the front of the green, maybe a nine iron to the front of the green, or somewhere short over the water. I mean, you, you're getting over the water with nothing, and the lies mm-hmm. is that burnt grass. The thing you can't tell watching on TV is how severe the slope is. You can tell that okay, like that lie as it relates to the grass was very doable. And I think he could definitely get a six iron, probably a five iron out of there um, at least. But to get, you know, to see a, um, the ball, how far below it, his feet was it, that's really where it comes into question. And so I give him a little bit of a pass. He's also has been working on his wedge game, and it, it over the past couple of years has become a strength of his. 
So I understand it, but you're right. It feels kind of like, well, this is DJ. We yeah. see DJ is the most aggressive player. One of the most, more aggressive players on tour. That's at least how we typically think of him. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a little strange to me, but still what a round. He left himself with 82 yards after the layup. He hit that shot to 23 feet. He rolled it by, did not obviously convert the birdie putt. He taps in for par for a round of 60. A couple of good notes here from producer Jacob. If DJ would have shot a 59, we would have seen 15% of all the sub 60 rounds on the PGA tour in a single day. That's wild considering PJ tour has been around for a bajillion years. And also uh, no one else has shot lower than a 64 this week. So while scoring is low, guys are flying up the leaderboard. I mean, Danny Lee shot a 64 on Friday. Cam Davis has gone 64, 65. This is still so much better than that. Like these two rounds that we were able to witness and, and thank goodness, Greg, Imagine if they were going on at the same time. Could you imagine? Thank God one was in the morning and one was in the afternoon. Yeah, it, it is helpful. Although having two of those in the afternoon would have been would have been nuts. But I'm just I'm looking at his stats here. I'm, I'm looking at the stat page and I am appalled at this <laughs> number. Nine point five five three strokes gained total, yeah, and it's yeah. second. It's yeah. second for the day. Um, I'm not. I don't think we'll ever see that again. Not in a, probably not in like a regular event where they're all PGA tour professionals. It, it would take something very, very drastic. So uh, DJ, unfortunately for us, does not <laughs> capture the 59, uh, but Scotty Scheffler did. So I want to talk about that in a second, but I do, I want to remind you, of course, sports are back and the new Stitcher app is one of the best platforms to consume sports podcasts. They even have a new collection on their homepage of the app for the return of sports where our friends from the CBS Sports Podcast Network, Fantasy Baseball Today and the Pick 6 Pod are both being featured. Stitcher also makes it incredibly easy to build playlists, love that, of your favorite podcast. Download Stitcher for free in the App Store today. Greg, Mr. 59, Scotty Scheffler, does get the job done. Uh, and this was like, I was like, this has been a great day already. You know, like I, I didn't need anything else. I didn't need the DJ 59 watch from his fourth hole, but Scotty Scheffler gets it done. And let's talk about 18 because he played it the way I wish DJ would have, which is just kind of like, get it. There is a, you know, there's that kind of landing area out front left of the green. It's safe over there. You don't have to hit it as far to that back pin position. He ends up, um, you know, Scotty leaves himself with what it was. He, he pulled putter and he leaves himself with basically 90 feet that he, that he puts up the hill to yeah, four and a half and then he knocks it in. Yeah. So like three and a half feet, really smart play. And you can see, uh, if, if you look at it on the map here, you can see how far back that flag is. And that's what I'm saying about that. You got, if you're a DJ, you have 212 to the hole. You have, you're under 200 yards to the front edge of the green. And then there's still another, probably at least 15, maybe 20 yards short of that before you get into penalty area. So doing some math on that, I wonder if, if DJ maybe would have rethought that and said, okay, I can get this to the front edge of the green and it's going to be a whole lot easier. But Scotty on the second nine, second nine's a lot harder, don't you think, this week, Rick? And yeah, so it was playing, um, uh, I looked earlier, it was about a shot more difficult on the back. And he went out, birdies 10 and 11, and then uh, 12 and 13 are tough. 12 especially. 12 is just a brutal hole. He makes par there. But then 14, 15, 16, mm -hmm. all birdies, and then the easy birdie on 18. It, that 
that second nine was just ridiculous to me. I mean, it, it's so impressive. Yeah, I thought the way that he strategized 18, not only to give himself a shot at 59, but to almost ensure it where you just have to get down into from yeah 80-something feet. Now, of course, because golf is not easy, and it's never easy, Greg, he leaves himself with four and a half feet for 59 on 18. Like I would be like on the ground in tears if I had to putt from four and a half feet for a 59. What do you think would be... What's more difficult, putting from four and a half feet for 59 or putting from four and a half feet to win a PGA Tour event? I, I mean, statistically, a 59 is much more rare. There is a winner every week on the PGA Tour. There are not 59s every single week. So you you are doing something. So I think, I think that's the crazy part is, um, okay, a, a couple of things. It, there is such a historical precedence for a 59 because there's now been what 12 of them. And, and that's incredibly rare. It is, you know, the, basically the rarest thing you can do, but also like it would be a lot less cool if the number was like 61 or like 50, you know what I mean? Like the fact that it breaks in from 60 into the fifties, it's so much cooler. You can say you shot something with a five in front of it. Yeah, um, there are thresholds, right? It, it's like yeah. all of, all of you listening, you've gone out and you're just trying to break 80 and, right. and 80. The, yeah. the something nine, those thresholds, whether it's 99, uh, 79, wh- whatever the, whatever the number is, 69 or 59, if you're a PGA tour player, th- these numbers are, uh, are extremely rare and impressive thresholds. And for some reason that, that zero just, it seems to have a lid on it and it's really hard to do. It's hard to break through, but guys are starting to do it more and more often. Um, it, and it just speaks to the the talent that we have out on tour. It, these guys are so good. You let's, have no idea how good that round is. Let's talk about that because Al Guyberger, who shoots the first 59, uh, to chip back the second 59 was a difference of 5,237 days in between those. Uh, then the next one from chip to David Duvall, you know, 2,600 days. And then the next one after that 4,100, but in recent years, these have gotten more common. So, I mean, just recently, I mean, between Justin Thomas and Adam Hadwin's 59, there was only nine days. <laughs> there was not, they were nine days apart. They're what a week apart. Um, then, you know, Snedeker does it 572 days later. Kevin Chappell does it 393 days later. And then Scotty Scheffler does it 343 days later. So we're talking now, we're seeing them once a year, maybe once every two years. My question is, Greg, why? These guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so, they're, they're getting so much better and the training is improving. Uh, yeah. The equipment is improving. The ment- I mean, Colin Morikawa has worked with his coach, Rick Sessinghouse, since he was eight years old. This is, so to really answer your question, why? Because of Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Because Tiger Woods was on TV when he was three years old and went on to have all the success that we know and love to talk about. And so the parents of juniors and juniors watching tiger want to be like him. So they, uh, they play the game of golf. They train for the game of golf training regiments change. Um, the, the mental game has become so much more important in your, in your preparation for a tournament and preparation for a round. And these players are coming. Scotty Scheffler is, he's a rookie. He's a rookie on the PGA tour and he shoots 59 in his very first year on tour. They, these players are coming out of college or coming out of whatever uh, AJGA 
tour, wherever they're playing, they're coming out ready to go because they've been training for it. They've been training like the tour pros of yesteryear for their entire careers. And it just continues to improve. And what do you get? You get peak performance and they're not afraid to perform at an extremely high level. So there are a ton of reasons why this happens more and more often. Um, But it speaks to their talent and it speaks to their preparation because it's almost, it almost seems like everybody out there is capable of doing it. Um, which is a, a really, really interesting thought. Yeah. It's a scary thought. It's, it's terrifying that these guys can do it. Uh, you mentioned how young he is second youngest player to ever shoot a sub 60 round. I believe the youngest was Justin Thomas. Jacob's going to give me a head nod. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, 13, one putts on Friday for Scotty Scheffler. He only hit half the fairways, but, uh, something that Kyle and I were talking about on HQ is like, you can miss the fairway as on the right holes in the right spots. Uh, there's a couple that'll jump up and get you, but otherwise you're pretty good. But I will say this. Um, we might not be like, if you start listing the guys that you think could shoot a 59, you should probably get to Scotty Scheffler more often than not. I mean, he's eighth on tour in birdie or better percentage. So, you know, he can make birdies in bunches. Uh, obviously it's a lot to, to shoot a 59 and he usually offsets them with bogeys, but like this kid's a prolific birdie maker. You've been talking about this all year long uh, on our Tuesday daily fantasy podcast. And, and uh, as, as we have those discussions, you remark, it seems almost every week, he makes a ton of birdies and eagles. He's yep, great yep. to have on your fantasy team. And it seems like your secret has just been outed. Like it's not a secret <laughs> anymore. Now everybody's going to think of him as a, as a birdie and eagle machine. So uh, I think some of your advantage and, and my advantage of having <laughs> Scotty Scheffler on your team at a lower old percentage, I mean, that might go away. So he's definitely going to become a more popular player now. We'll find another guy. We'll find somebody else who always outperforms their finishing position with fantasy points. We'll find somebody. Um, Anything else on Scotty Scheffler? I mean, I guess, you know, we have have the conversation a lot like who's the player of the year. Is there anybody even competing with Scotty Scheffler for rookie of the year? I mean, he's got a handful of top tens. It was mostly damage in the, uh, the, the early part, the fall swing. Uh, now with this, I, I mean, I know it's corny to say like this round could have solidified it, but like people like humans vote for this. Like, you, you know, when you talk about the NBA MVP or rookie of the year or whatever it is, uh, you usually look for a defining moment. Well, here's your defining moment for Scotty Scheffler in, in route to being your PGA tour rookie of the year. Especially with, with rookie of the year. I do believe that a, a round like this can vault you to the front of the minds. Now, the interesting thing about Rookie of the Year this year is there are a lot of players, um, may, maybe a lot is unfair, but there's kind of some cloudiness in who's a rookie and who's not. You, yeah. you, so it's not, it's not like, okay, uh, Scotty Scheffler got drafted this year, Colin Morikawa and Matthew Wolf got drafted last year, um, but Victor Hovland is a rookie this year. So there, it, it's very strange to me that uh, Hovland is a rookie yeah. and Morikawa and Wolf are not, even though they've basically played together every week. They, so that's a little cloudy. So the one thing that, uh, that I worry about with rookie of the year is are, are players going to really know, I guess, do they get a card? I don't know how that works. Do they get a card? Is it multiple choice? If that's yeah, the, they'll, they'll, they'll name finalists. They'll name finalists yeah. for it. So it's probably uh, Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland. Who you're are. right. I forgot Victor Hovland. So he, Victor Hovland, uh, Maverick McNeely, Harry Higgs, Matthew Neesmith, Will Gordon, actually Eric Van Ruin, uh, Tom Lewis. Those would all be uh, rookies that you could consider for and this. And that story. clarification happens for one reason. Uh, 
because Wolf and Morikawa last year got their card. They locked up their PGA Tour card. So that right. becomes their rookie year, whereas Hovland had to go to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals and earn his card for this year. Thank goodness we had one for him this year. Seriously. Uh, I want to talk about Tiger Woods, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And we're back. All right, Greg, the big cat, uh, he's going to make the cut on the number three under, which is what he started his Friday round at seemed to be pretty stuck in neutral. Uh, he, he had a couple of like bad chips. I mean, it was, it wasn't pretty for tiger, but he made the birdies coming in that he needed to, to make sure that he plays on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been the cleanest of, of performances. I, I would say, well, yesterday's round impressed me. Today's round did not impress me nearly as much. He was a little off with his irons, but there's good news. He look, he's healthy and he's playing and we're going to see him play again next week, which I I think is a very optimistic sign. Uh, But we haven't seen tiger yet this year, really get on a roll. And I, I feel like that's kind of lurking. It's around the corner, but he needs to get some things figured out with the flat stick and really get on a roll where you see Tiger make five birdies and six holes. And that's how he contends in events like this. He goes out on a on a, a Thursday and he shoots two, three under par. And then on Friday and on Saturday, you'll see him really string together birdies. You'll see him go on a, on a rip of a birdie run. And that's what he's kind of done through his career to position himself right near the lead heading into Sunday. And we haven't seen him get there yet. So unfortunately, we've had a lot of golf from Tiger that's not meaningful. We've had a lot of, yeah. as some people call it, coffee golf with Tiger, where it, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. So um, I'm looking forward to next week when there's no cut. Hopefully Tiger can uh, kind of assert himself and, and hit some shots that are meaningful on the weekend. This weekend's going to be another one where he's, I mean, he's 12, what is he, 12 back? He's 12 shots back, and there's not going to be a lot of high-pressure moments for Tiger this weekend. Yeah, he has gained strokes putting uh, in each of the first two rounds. That's a good sign. Did not play as well on Friday. Very much looking forward to seeing how he performs on the weekend, which, by the way, you can watch coverage of the third and fourth rounds on CBS this weekend. Streaming begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Watch on the web at cbssports.com, or you can watch on your mobile device in the CBS Sports app, or you can watch via stream on OTT devices on the CBS Sports app on Roku, Apple TV, or Fire TV. FedEx Cup playoff implications, Greg. Scott Stallings, he gone. Jordan Spieth, he's he's out. Jordan Spieth's out. Is that right? I believe Jordan so. Jordan Spieth is out. Wow, okay. Shane Lowry, uh, I mean, here we go. In another another FedEx Cup playoffs, or excuse me, another tour championship without Jordan Spieth. Uh, we don't have Kyle here to talk about it, but uh, yeah, that's it for him. Good riddance. I mean, look, Jordan's got to take a couple of weeks. He's got to, he's got to work some things out. And I know he's been in this kind of situation for three years, 
but when Jordan misses right now, it's really big. And that's what's preventing Jordan from being the Jordan we know and love. He's, he's missing way too big right now, typically to the right off the tee. I could have sworn he was three under. He is not. He is two under and he's out. So uh, another guy who misses big, Greg, but he's going to miss big on the Champions Tour. Phil Mickelson, very low key, just kind of blurts out on Twitter that he's playing the Champions Tour event at Big Cedar Lodge next week. It's the Charles Schwab Series at Ozarks National. I, I'm actually, I'm, I mean, I don't know how excited I am about Senior Tour events and Champions Tour events. I, I'm kind of jacked for this. I want to see what Phil does. I like watching PGA Tour champions. I, I really enjoy it, um, but especially when you get a guy like Phil in the mix. And Phil is using this to prepare himself to to garner some confidence heading into Wingfoot. It's very clear to me. So uh, I, I I love that he has that avenue where if Phil isn't in an event or doesn't qualify for something. He can go play uh, PGA Tour champions and kind of keep his game sharp. So, But Phil, this is Phil loving the game of golf. He loves competing. He can't get enough of it. And I, I mean, I would hope to see him get a get a win this this week. Well, uh, I, I always like to see how these guys, even though they're over fifty, playing on the PGA Tour, how much noise they can make on the Champions Tour. And Ernie Els, remember, he made his debut earlier this year. He won in just his third start, so maybe Phil can uh, match or beat that. Let's talk about winners for this week, Greg. Uh, Dustin Johnson, your prohibitive favorite. Uh, he is plus 163 on William Hill. The next best odds are Scotty Scheffler at 7-1. to one. Do you want to touch anybody not named Dustin Johnson? Man, I really like Dustin, um, of course. He seems motivated. I, I think the PGA Championship really aggravated him, but... Uh, I, I will say Harris English looks really good. And if you were going to just kind of throw another dart at the board and, and hope I wouldn't look too far past Harris English because the guy just continues to play great golf. And, you know, maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a winner's check. Maybe it's a top five bet, but, but I, I think Harris English and Louis Ustazen also, he plays great at TPC Boston. Yeah. Um, the, the argument is like, there's a 59 out there or <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Not that, but like, is there a 61 out there on Saturday? Like maybe there is like, I don't know. I just watched guys go 59, 60 on Friday. Maybe there's a 61. I think it would be a tough task for like, I would love to see Daniel Berger win this. He's probably too far back. He's five shots back, but like matching 66s and he's been awesome. Like I, I, I don't hate it, but I just really think that Dustin Johnson might just run away with this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the one guy that I, I would really watch out for. He kind of reminds me of Dustin in some ways, uh, Matthew Wolf. The guy's yeah. mature, he, he's really maturing. Today's round was a little sluggish, but he, he still uh, gets in at, I think he was two under today. So he, he's ten, at 10 for the tournament. I'd keep my eye out for him because he's got real firepower. But yeah, DJ's DJ's looking good. But do you believe in uh, leaderboard gravity? You think these guys have a tendency of coming back? You believe in the whole hard to follow up a great round with another one? Or are you thinking Dustin's going to go Jim Herman on us? Uh, I think Dustin's immune to a lot of that. I do think like he's obviously not going to shoot a 60 on Saturday, but like he could go out and shoot a 65 and I'd be like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't think that like we've seen him run away and hide in golf tournaments. Like, yeah, it, you know, we've yeah. seen him win by five or six shots. It, it, it doesn't really matter. So if, if his name was not Dustin Johnson and from what I've seen in the last 13 years, I would say, yeah, he probably comes back to the field, but um, 
it would have to be. He's just he, hitting he, it so good. He's just hitting it so good. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye out for it. Obviously, there is firepower behind him. There are low scores out there. So we're going to pay close attention this weekend. We'll be back, obviously, breaking it all down. Let me thank you, Greg Ducharme, who you can find on Twitter at the real GFD. You can find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.